This is One in 59, a presentation of Anderson Center for Autism. One in 59 is a weekly show devoted to topics related to autism spectrum disorder. Good morning and welcome to One in 59, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, Chief Development Officer at Anderson Center for Autism. And this morning, I am speaking with Brad McGarry, who is the Director of the Autism Initiative at Mercyhurst University in Pennsylvania. Brad, good morning. Good morning, Eliza. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. Um, I often uh, invite guests onto the show who are doing uh, interesting, innovative, uh, unique types of work in the field of autism. And um, we found you and and a little bit about the Autism Initiative at Mercyhurst, and we wanted to learn more about what you're doing there. So if you wouldn't mind, let's start with a little bit of background about who you are and how long you've been with Mercyhurst, what you did before that, all of that, just so we can get an understanding of your perspective and what you're bringing to this program. Sure. I started as an adjunct faculty member here at Mercyhurst in 2004. At that time, I was executive director of a small social service agency in the southern part of Erie County. And And in 2009, they established the Autism Initiative, and when that project was up and running and ready to have a coordinator, I applied for that position and helped with some of the program development and and getting the program kind of up and running or a little further down the road from where it had started as a pilot and then came on um, after that as the director of the initiative. Okay, so that's a pretty straightforward career path. So you've been in the field of human services for a while. What can you describe in general terms, and then we'll dive into different aspects of it, but overall, how would you describe the Autism Initiative and and how it relates to the larger sort of university life at Mercyhurst? Well, the Autism Initiative grew out of our learning differences office. Um, So all colleges have that office that students can go to to help level the playing field and to help with testing accommodations and academic requests. But the Autism Initiative takes it a step further and helps students on the spectrum handle the social rigors and, and the emotional rigors of the college life as well as the academic and independent stuff. So Overall, we're a social support and an additional autism support service on campus that helps our students navigate the college, graduate, and then move on to meaningful employment. Okay, and approximately how many students do you see on an annual basis coming through this program and utilizing your services? Currently, we started with seven students in a pilot project back in 2009, and we currently have 61 students in our year-round program, and we have about 35 students in our college readiness experience uh, in the summer. All right. And to the college readiness experience, is that for like high school seniors or is that for anybody within those the four years of, of the college life? Yeah, it's it's mostly a college experience to get folks prepared for college and for them to, to help them evaluate if they're ready for a four-year institution, maybe a two-year community college. So um, lots of times students that have graduated or have completed their junior year of high school all the way up through 26, 27-year-olds that just say, you know what, I think I'm ready for college now and I want to experience to see if I'm ready. And and so we've had folks down the whole gamut of age ranges. That's cool. Okay, so now so here, here come my questions. That's what I said, right? As I hear more about your program, I'm going to have some, some natural questions that occur to me. So, so you went from seven students to 61. Why? Why do you think that growth, that, that's in about nine years, you 
I'm not going to do the math, but you went from seven to 61. So mm-hmm. is that word of mouth? Is that success? Is that sort of repeat customers, if you will? I mean, why, why that, that enormity of, of growth? Uh, I think we're fulfilling a need that people didn't realize was out there and that there was an option available. I think it is success. Uh, we've had students get through the program, obtain meaningful employment, and their families have shared and their employers have shared our success and, and got that word of mouth. So I think it's been a number of things. Back in 2012, I had the opportunity to testify before Congress on the um, government response to the rise in autism rates, and our program was showcased in that um, hearing, and just a couple other opportunities that have really helped our program grow and get the word out about what we're trying to accomplish and some of the success stories we've had. That's great. So so being marketed well and very naturally based on successful outcomes for those students who go through the program. I love that you're hearing feedback from the employers of these graduates. That's relatively unusual. That to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, but that to me says that these students are graduating, they're gaining employment, and they're staying with that employer. Is that what you're seeing by and large? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So that's the main thing that we're pushing for is sustainable, meaningful employment. Mm-hmm. So, um, And that's one of the characteristics of the students that I work with. That's one of the characteristics I use as a selling point, that many of our students do not like change. They like, you know, the same tasks and the characteristics or symptomologies they have on the autism spectrum, looking at it as a strength base really makes them a much more sustainable employee where you have a typical college graduate, oftentimes they work for a year or two, get experience, and then move on, and then move up, and then move on. And our students are kind of staying in those same programs and growing within and advancing in that company, but feeling comfortable and staying in, in that employment arena. And forming relationships, which which I think for some still seems like something that they've heard maybe or read or seen on TV or something that, that isn't something that people with autism are seeking. And I and I always like the opportunity to sort of blow myths apart uh, sometimes when I, when I have the chance to. So I'll take this chance to say, you know, the idea that people with autism don't want to relate to other people or have a, have a professional relationship with a supervisor or with peers is just not something that we see when we actually create opportunities opportunities for them to successfully do so. Absolutely. Okay. All right. So great. That's that's really wonderful. Can you give us a sense, or is there a sense, maybe it's not, is there a, a quote unquote typical career path that you see a lot of your students gravitating towards, or are there a set number of employers that you, that you work with closely, um, or is it really like uh, any graduating class where there's a number of different careers that a lot of different people go into? I mean, how does that work? You know, do they do they get support in determining what they want to do? Absolutely. Yeah. So we help them in our programming. We help in determinations of what type of thinkers they are, where their strengths, you know, different people talk about different type indicators and personality inventories. And we do some of that as well, but really try to push, what do you want to be when you grow up? And does it fit in with the skill sets and the personality that you have? So we give them some of that guidance, but really try to set it up for them to decide what they're doing and working with the different departments at Mercyhurst University to really find their niche and work through it. Uh, We have a lot of students that come through in geology and paleontology because they always had an interest in dinosaurs and that kind of stuff. Um, That's cool. Business and finance, obviously the computer stuff, graphic design. But we've also had students in 
special education and sociology and art and, you know, all the other different uh, majors that we have at Mercyhurst. And if you have that passion and you're good at it, then we'll, we'll work with you on it. And we've just been very lucky to partner with a lot of great organizations across the country like SAP and Ernst Young and the Smithsonian and, you know, those in Autism Speaks and, and a lot of great companies that are connecting in with autism employment and networking our students in with those folks for job shadowing opportunities, internships, and obviously at the end, uh, meaningful employment. Well, I think that's, I mean, that's, that's awesome. And those are some, those are some big players that you're connecting with. So congratulations on that. And that's, that's definitely one way to keep the program, I think, in the forefront of, of everybody's awareness. So that's, that sounds very sustainable. And I'm excited for you that, that you're seeing this kind of growth. Real quick, before we take a short break, you also mentioned this college experience or college readiness experience. So as you talked about it before, it sounds to me like these, so these are, these are, People in the community. These are these are people as young as still in high school or as old as however old, contemplating going for that two year degree or four year degree, but wanting to have a chance to explore what it really feels like to be on a college campus and in a college setting before they commit. Is that is that a good way to sum it up? Absolutely. Yeah. It's a twenty two day program. They come on campus, they take a three credit college course, they live in the dorms, they eat in the cafeteria and uh, participate in social skills training. We have a College 101 curriculum that is basically an introduction to college campus and navigating a college campus, whether it's Mercyhurst or any higher education institution. And at the end of that 22-day assessment, they get a detailed report on where our team feels they are, what their strengths are, what some of the barriers could be with them attending a college, and how they might be able to work on some of those skill sets to, to be successful in college. That's fantastic. And I, I really have not heard of a program like this before that, that's that short and intense and also produces an outcome report like that for the individual to really sort of look at and say, OK, I want to work on these areas. I don't want to work in these areas. I don't know how to work on these areas, that kind of thing. So you said you've got 35 people coming through that program now. Um, how long has it been in, in place? Actually, the pilot that we did in 2009 was a summer experience okay. to just get students on campus and say, hey, can we get to know you? Can you get to know us? And let's work together to build this thing. So that original pilot, I was not involved in, but I was actually the professor they asked to teach the intro to psychology course for <laughs> that. So so I was involved then, but that was the summer program as a pilot, and then we grew that into, uh, let's have a couple students here that are attending the university and then just gradually built from there. That's really cool. So actually even even better, it sort of all stemmed from the same place. Do you have a, do you have a specific goal when it comes to that college readiness experience? Do you want to see that growing or is it at capacity at about 35 students? I mean, you're talking summer, you need dorm space, you need professors in, engaged to teach those courses. Can it grow or or be replicated? Do you want to see that? Absolutely, yeah. We've helped um, other colleges replicate our model. We've worked with different institutions to even establish certain components of our program. Some colleges have even taken our College 101 curriculum and said, this is not specific to autism. This is great for all incoming freshmen. So we're not just going to use this for autism. We're going to use it for our orientation classes to bring on bringing people in. And it's just a good 
good transition model, and there's a lot of good stuff in there that we're going to utilize to transition our students onto campus. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think you used the right word there as model. It sounds like almost everything, if not everything you're doing right now, is serving as quite a good model for all of us, uh, just in the way we think, and also uh, for other uh, higher education institutions to think about what they can provide. So um, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk about an exciting uh, grant that you just received and and what that means for uh, all the programs and a couple that we haven't touched on yet that you're doing at Mercyhurst. So this is 1 in 59, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and we'll be right back. When you love someone with autism, one question takes center stage. How do you give this person you adore the best shot at a wonderful, fulfilling, productive life ahead? At Anderson Center for Autism, we work on resolving that question every day. Our mission, which drives everything we do, is to optimize the quality of life for people with autism. What does that mean? It means interactive classrooms with state-of-the-art technology. It means spirited arts, music, and recreational programs. It means job training, volunteer, and community integration opportunities. It means events and support for siblings and parents. It means safe, welcoming residences designed for people with autism that feel like home. And at the heart of it all, it means aligning every single thing we do at Anderson with our belief that quality of life is directly tied to the quality of relationships. You see it in the smiles, the high fives, and the fact that every breakthrough begins with a strong, uplifting, nurturing human-to-human connection. Come experience it for yourself. Schedule a tour or learn more at andersoncenterforautism.org. Welcome back to 1 in 59, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and I'm talking with Brad McGarry, who is the director of the Autism Initiative at Mercyhurst University in Pennsylvania. Brad, we spent the first half of the show talking about the initiative and the college readiness experience, which is the summer program. You're obviously doing things that are replicable and really serve as a model, I think, in a number of ways. And you are um, connected with some really large and impactful organizations such as the Smithsonian and uh, Autism Speaks and places that are really taking notice. One of those companies that took big notice recently was Wells Fargo, who made a $15,000 donation to your initiative. And I'd love for you to talk about how that came to be and and how that money is, is going to be used. Yeah, yeah. So we provide our students with opportunities that we call uh, vocational exposure experiences. And part of that in our programming, we've set up trips to New York City in Washington, D.C., and taking our students to meet with prospective employers and things like that. And we got connected in with Wells Fargo and took some of our students there for them to participate in mock interviews and vocational training opportunities. And the Wells Fargo's folks were so excited about that that they actually wanted to come to campus. So last April, there was four senior executives from Wells Fargo that came to campus. And the neat thing was in the morning, they did trainings for our students, but in the afternoon sessions, our students actually did training for them. They were starting a diversity inclusion initiative and focusing on autism employment, and our students really worked with them and said, this is what we think you should establish. This is the infrastructure that you should have. If I was going to work for you, this is the kind of thing that I would need. So our students actually kind of helped them in creating what they were doing. So, And in November, they just came back and in supporting our program, gave us a $15,000 gift to help support our initiative and focus a lot of those dollars on some vocational exposure experiences that we're putting together. And some of that money is connecting in with our Career Development Center, which our Autism Initiative connects in with uh, a lot. 
brought in the Learning Differences Office as well. So that gift kind of helped three different departments here on campus and moving the ball forward. That's great. That's that's I, I love everything about what you just said. I, I love the, the, the outreach where you took students off the campus. I think that real life experience and, and there's such a difference between sitting in a room with we've even the most wonderfully skilled and dedicated college counselor trying to do a mock interview, there's just still going to always be a difference between doing that and then going into a business and experiencing shaking hands with people you've never met before and talking to them about who you are and, and, and learning more about what they do. So that's fantastic. And then uh, I am also a fundraiser. So who doesn't love it when the potential funder wants to come to your campus to see what you're doing? And not only that, learn directly from the people that they were initially thinking they were going to be teaching and educating. So what a wonderful experience for everybody. And and kudos to Wells Fargo for seeing the impact that a gift of that size could make. Can you get a little bit more specific about the, the vocational experiences and what happens in the Career Development Center, both before the, the donation was made, but what maybe give a couple of examples of some specific changes or new things that, that might uh, come from this donation and, and hopefully future donations from, from other, or other organizations? Yeah, well, the Career Development Center, they're using some of the funding for the career fair. And this year at Mercyhurst Career Fair, we're identifying specific autism employment initiatives and trying to bring those businesses in as well. So Wells Fargo can come into our career development fair and be a primary sponsor and look at our neurotypical folks, but also have another piece where they have uh, their diversity inclusion initiatives and those types of things on campus. So students from our learning disabilities office or in our AIM program can have a specific uh, pipeline into some of these major companies and corporations. So uh, Wells Fargo has taken the lead on that. We're also, again, working with Ernst Young and J.P. Morgan and SAP and some of the other Mm -hmm. companies that have really blossomed in their autism employment initiatives and bringing them on campus as well. But the vocational exposure experiences have been very interesting and very successful. What we do is we typically have a a three-day trip to New York City or D.C. is where it started to meet with advocacy groups. Um, Like I said, autism Speaks and um, the Autism Support and Advocacy Network and Integrate in New York City and, and a couple other, where our students are meeting with those companies and PricewaterhouseCoopers and meeting with senior vice presidents and doing mock interviews with, you know, directors of human resources for these huge companies. So when they go back home and they do an interview at the mom pop shop or someplace smaller, they're like, I can do this. I know I can nail this interview because I was in the Manhattan offices of such and such company, and I did a mock interview with the senior vice president there, mm-hmm. I can nail this out of the park, you know, so it gives them some confidence, yeah. some experience, and it's just kind of a neat thing to be able to say, yeah, I on my resume, I participated in a vocational training experience at PricewaterhouseCoopers, at Ernst Young, yeah. at Wells Fargo, at Google, you know, wherever I was, and the students having that opportunity to say, yeah, I got some training and exposure from those folks works. And then some of those experiences too, Eliza, we took, we take students to the Grand Canyon and an initiative we call Conquer the Canyon. And it's not necessarily vocational, but that project started with us trying to get students off of video screens. Mm-hmm. And we said, let's do a fitness thing. And we said, well, our students aren't going to hike or, or do fitness. Well, let's get a big carrot at the end. So I had a friend in Arizona uh, that 
runs a company called The Walking Connection, and he and I got together and put together this initiative called Conquer the Canyon with AIM, and every other year we take about 14 students on a six-day trip in Arizona to do some autism awareness and to hike the Grand Canyon. And the neat thing about that is they get that carrot at the end, but for 14 weeks before that, they have a fitness training program they have to do. They have an autism awareness campaign that they have to do on campus and with their families, and it just brings that group together and really focuses on socialization and autism awareness and has been very successful. Yeah, and also, I mean, amazing. I, I'm, I'm doing the wrong thing on radio and I'm, I'm speechless, but I think you're really, you're, you're empowering the next wave of self-advocates and, and people who, I, what I love about it is that you, you, your programs all seem to have a, either a direct or an indirect result in people feeling like they should be out there saying, you know, this is me. I live on the autism spectrum. This is what I need in order to be a successful employee for you. This is what I want to work. You know, this is if you want to employ me, this is what I need. And I think that there's just so much kind of going 180 right now in terms of an older way of thinking and a next newer way of thinking. And it's it's thrilling to hear about the creative ways that you're doing this. And so so just thank you. I, I think it's a wonderful experience. And I and I hope that other organizations and institutions start to think in this way and start to consider your models and how they can integrate this type of uh, these types of opportunities in certainly in colleges and maybe even beyond that. I don't want to let the interview end though and we only have a couple more minutes without talking to you about uh, something you mentioned to me when we were planning for this conversation which was some global trainings I think and and um, so you're you you talked about Grand Canyon that's as far out as you've gone so far but is there something happening outside of this country that you're involved in or, or that you see yourselves getting involved in in the future? Yeah so conquer the canyon um, we've done a couple runs with that. I think we've done three or four different runs with the autism students. And as I said, Gene Taylor at the Walking Connection back in 2014 contacted me and said, Brad, our awareness campaign has been great. Do you want to do something internationally? And I said, what do you have in mind? And he said, um, I want to see if you want to climb Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania, Africa. So in 2015, myself, Gene, and one other gentleman climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. We called that Raise the Roof for Autism. Wow. Uh, because Kilimanjaro is the roof of Africa. And uh, we summited on February 14, 2015 and to raise awareness for the lack of vocational resources for folks on the autism spectrum. Mm-hmm. And when we came back to campus, the students said, what was it like? What was Africa like? What was the animals like? What was the mountain like? And we decided if you guys want to go, let's go. So in 2017, we went back to Tanzania. We spent four days in a village, four days on Mount Kilimanjaro. We did not make it to the top. We had no intentions to. And then four days on safari. And the students got to experience that. And they met with community elders and they went to St. Jude's school and met with other students and went to a glass factory that employed folks with disabilities and just shared their message and said, I'm in college and I'm successful and I'm doing great work and I think you can too. And Mm -hmm. so that worked very well. And it was a very successful trip to Africa. And in August of this year, we're actually taking a group of seven students to on a 15-day trip in Asia doing the same thing. So we'll be in Japan, Tokyo, Japan, Jakarta, Indonesia, and Maleka, Malaysia, uh, doing some speeches, doing some sightseeing, doing some autism awareness. And myself and the students will be meeting with parents, with educators, and other students with disabilities in those countries. Fantastic. And so adventurous and exciting. I mean, it really, it's got to keep your job pretty uh, pretty 
pretty, pretty interesting on a regular basis. So that's really, really cool. Final question. I think we just really have a few seconds. When you're in these different countries and you've taken students who may or may not have traveled all that much in their in their lives, but I'm guessing at least some of them, this is a very, very new experience. And they're doing the autism awareness and talking openly about the maybe some of the challenges they've faced and some of the things that they've overcome. Generally speaking, how are they received? by families, by, by some of the elders in these communities. What is the re, what is the response been? Yeah, it's obviously a lot of pre-planning and training, you know, um, prior to with different cultures and, and just presenting themselves. But I think it's just like everything. If you have a neurotypical, it's somebody from another country that has a message. And I think everyone's hesitant at first and what's their message and what's their purpose. Mm-hmm. And then as it progresses, they say, wait a minute, this person is just like me or just like other people from America that I've met. So this person with autism is not much different than everyone else I met. And then there's this settling in and and a message and a powerful message to say, this is me and this is who I am. And you can relate to me just as you can relate to anyone else. And, And there's a very powerful experience when you see that shift from that hesitation into this is somebody that not only is experiencing this, but is willing to share it and is giving me a different perspective that I can move forward with. Well, I can't wait to, to keep track of you and this program and see, you know, see where it continues to go. But Brad McGarry, Director of Autism Initiative at Mercyhurst University, thank you so much for being on the 1 in 59 show today and sharing all of the amazing um, and really impactful work that you're doing. I really appreciate it. And I think I think you're off to something uh, or continuing something that, that is going to make uh, continue to make real impact in the field. So thank you so much and, and good luck with the rest of uh, your journeys. Well, thank you. And thank you very much for having us. We appreciate it. All right. This is 1 in 59, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and remember, Anderson cares. You've been listening to One in 59, a presentation of Anderson Center for Autism. Join us for another edition of the show at the same time next week.